Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I, of course, am your host, Aaron Pym, and what I like to do here on the pod is bring fun and sexy guests into the studio to talk about sex and sexuality with me. Today, I'm super excited. This is somebody that I've been, like, following for a while. They've been following me, and we've had this kind of, you know, social media kind of flirting happening as far as, like, <laughs> who's that? Oh, <laughs> they like my podcast? Ooh, I want to interview them on my podcast? Ooh, when's it going to happen? So today's the day, everybody. Please welcome to the mic without further do Virginia of Slow Burn Leather. Hey, Virginia. Hi, Erin. Thank you so much for having me. Very glad to be here today. Me too. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm obsessed with uh, your business and your social media feed. So I'm like, I'm legitimately so happy to have you here. Thank you. Thank you. I love to go unhinged on stories. I love to go <laughs> uh, behind the scenes, a bit of process work. And um, and I really love posting like my poetry and like creative, like original lyrical works, as well as the harnesses on the yeah. feed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so just to give people an idea then, so since we introduced you as, you know, uh, Virginia of Slow Burn Leather, so what, what is Slow Burn Leather? Slow Burn Leather is... It's my artistic practice when it comes to making, creating leather harnesses, leather accessories. It's n- it's not just about the outcome. It's not just about the product, the end physical item in your hands, but it's about also like the love, the care, the ritual that goes into this. It's about the friendships we make along the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But the in the piece in the pieces are so beautiful. So like. I'm, I guess that's like your practice and your ritual and that's involved in making them. I mean, it it creates such a beautiful piece. How does that influence the product? Do you think? Hmm. Um, I think, I think I really want to make something a little bit different, a little bit unique as best as you can out there. Um, because with leather, I feel like there are only so many ways that you can connect a leather strap to a ring. Right. There are so many ways you can make a buckle. But it's the way that you infuse the design with your spirit, your vision, your creativity, and the stories that you tell in it. I think that ultimately really influences how people feel in your leather and how they wear it. And something that I want to do is, um, have you heard of Humans of New York like yes. on Instagram? Yeah, yeah, I have, yeah. Uh, Humans of New York is um, like an Instagram page that um, it takes people's portraits from all over New York and it interviews them, like the photographer interviews them and writes down a little bit of their life story, whatever the person wants to share. And I have this dream of um, taking portraits of people in, in my leather, in their leather, you know, in their chaps, in their riding boots that they've had since like the 80s they must have been like gone gone on so many adventures with them i want to take these photos and these stories and document them as like historical cultural artifacts so that like queer and kink communities down the road and even now have these stories to connect to 
Oh man, I love that idea. <laughs> That's such a cool project. <laughs> I'd love to do that, yeah. Yeah, um, because something that uh, um, I'm, I'm a big leather wearer and I get asked um, pretty consistently, like on my TikTok, for instance, like, you know, sometimes disparaging remarks, but a lot of times uplifting, thankfully. But some people are like, why, you know, why does every dom wear leather? That sort of a thing. And I'm like, it's honestly been kind of cool because it got me kind of thinking about why I wear leather and my connection to this very specific pieces. And again, you said like the stories of like these pieces that I own because the one of the main reasons that I tell people just in general is like, well, we need something durable. You know, when we do our job, we need something that can like sustain, sustain a lot of wear, right? And leather mm -hmm. just gets better with age. And they're truly like, yeah, a lot of it is expensive. Um, but that's because they're invents investment pieces, right, that are going to be with you like years and years and years. And as you said, like, yeah, you could have this thing your whole life. So you really they're really just so infused with your personal story. Absolutely. Yeah, you can if you take care of the leather, it will take care of you. Aww. Like imagine <laughs> Exactly. Like you wear your leather out on the road. So if you fall, it'll be there for you. And you, weather, you wear your leather out to, I don't know, do like a special scene and you're in the depths of it, but then those, the leather can bring you back in the end. Mm. It, it, it's part of the ritual. It, it's, it's part of the armor. Some people wear it like armor in a way or to make a statement. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, physical armor, as you said, like, exactly. you know, wearing it on a motorcycle, for instance, uh, makes sense, right? Because it's literally going to protect you um, if you fall and whatnot. But like, yeah, it can be this thing of like an emotional armor or a part of your ritual and getting into like a dominant role. And aesthetic, you know, can be a big part of your kink or a not so big part of your kink but like that can all be very much part of it in allowing you to sink in like not only allowing you to do your job with like movability and it's nothing's gonna rip or tear or break or get ruined um but it's that thing of like it can also really add to how you feel in a scene how your body feels in a scene mm -hmm. um and like what energy you bring to a scene can really come from like what you're wearing, what shoes you're wearing, like all that stuff. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, lo it looks freaking fantastic. <laughs> right? You feel hot. You feel confident. You feel sexy. You feel badass. Mm -hmm. Like all that, all those things come into it for me anyways. The first time I ever went to Northbound's new location in Liberty Village. Yeah. Um, I tried on this top and I didn't know what to expect. Um, it was just like a halter top, lots of cleavage, I was going to suppose. Um, and it's like a little bit tailored. Uh, so when I put it on and then I looked into the mirror, I'm like, everything completely transformed. Pow. Wow. Right there. <laughs> the things that leather does for you, the way it, it molds to your body with, with heat, with warmth. And it's a second skin. It yes, was literally skin, life. right? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there is something immensely special about that property. And 
it's it's a beautiful thing. You can you can honor you can honor other people's lives in it, not just the animal life, but also the memory of other people when you wear leather. Because the le the leather harness is not just a simple accessory, but it has so much like historical and cultural like meaning imbued into it. It's a symbol. That's it. I mean, again, you're you're ticking all the boxes because that's again another thing I said. I'm like, this can be from like queer queer culture. You know, this can be from like old leather guard, old guard kink culture. Um, so you can be bringing like those roots into um, into why you wear it as well. And then and then that's interesting that you said also like other people's stories. Something else mm -hmm. I thought of t that um, I thought of was like, I have a lot of secondhand leather pieces too. So like, you know, again, with the thing that they're super long lasting, it's like, this has even had a whole other, you know, lifetime with another person before I purchased it from a vintage store, you know what I mean? So that's another cool thing. It's like, who wore this? Like, what were they about? Um, and what energy is is in this article that I'm wearing. <laughs> no, absolutely. I um I hope to like someday run like a leather gear exchange. Um, maybe some people have outgrown some things. Maybe it's no longer their vibe. Um, but just to like even pass on some leather accessories or gloves or implements and whatnot to to like baby queers or people just starting out in this scene and them being able to carry that little bit of that little bit piece of you with them wherever they go i think that's special oh and i mean that's might even be a cool little ritual between like a mentor and you know somebody that's like learning from them that would be a beautiful gesture i think so yeah i think toronto definitely needs more more leather events for sure something like that yeah yeah i agree i love a leather swap i i picked up a beautiful northbound piece it's like an <gasps> underbust um kind of harness thing um from do you remember the store kink kink toronto on bloor yeah so yeah. they did uh swaps and not specifically leather but clothing lingerie leather was a part of it so like yeah i went and brought a few things and got that beautiful northbound underbust like for <sighs> things that i didn't use and i didn't want like i i think i also got a satisfier that day um, oh wow uh, yeah. a new a new one <laughs> yeah yeah an in the box totally new satisfier that day uh, just for me you know giving some older things that i didn't it was the best i'm like why don't we yeah why don't we do more of that that's wild. Yeah. Like I have a bunch of like plugs that I've never gotten around to opening up that um I think could find a lovely, lovely home elsewhere. <laughs> <laughs> a lovely butt. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so you mentioned a couple things that I wanna I wanna uh, hit back on. Perhaps let's talk about this thing you mentioned of like it can have real cultural significance. Is there something specific that you're thinking of as far as that goes with leather? Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of my, my study, part of my love for leather is, is not just making, creating, wearing, watching other people wear. It's not just that. But um, I also really want to understand the roots of modern leather culture as we know it and its ties in, in queer and gay history um, and, and the activism. I think that's really important here. I don't want to forget the origins and, and the soul of the leather um, and, and the movements that came about with it. So I'm thinking um, 
there, there are some pieces that are really iconic, you know, that really stand out. Um, the, the leather vest, the, uh, the hat, like that, that yep. military cap, like the you hat. earn that, yep. you earn it. Like, it's not something, uh, okay, I, I, I don't want to be a gatekeeper, um, but I feel like it's, it's something really special in a way that's almost bestowed upon you. Or even the sash, right? Mm. Um, uh, the sash is something that you wear with pride, with achievement. It's something that you celebrate. Um, and I don't feel like it's pageantry. It, mm. it feels like, you know, well, I can't say this from experience. I've never been to <laughs> the big leather uh, conventions, the gatherings, uh, you know, just over the border. But even so, it's a little bit far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But these are some iconic items, the chaps. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I looked this up at one point. I believe it came out of World War Two, like after World War Two, there was like a big surgence of like biker culture that then transformed into uh, into gay culture with like the leather. Yeah, so okay, I just looked it up real quickly because I didn't want to like just kind of guess. So leather culture first emerged in the mid-20th century as many gay men sought community after serving in World War II. Um, separated from family, traumatized by violence, and bound by shared structure and camaraderie, many, many veterans felt no interest in or ability to return to everyday civilian life once combat ended. For gay men in particular, the war had created a space for homosocial and homosexual bonding, despite the military's official anti-homosexual stance and returning home to expectations of heteronormativity and nuclear family creation was daunting. Gay veterans yearned for a community with other men but shied away from the effeminacy that was heavily associated with men's queerness at the time so hence like that butch leather culture emerged mm -hmm. so just for people that uh the source on this is sexualhealthalliance.com um so that's that like that's a that's an amazing history that's that's and that's exactly the look you're talking about like the vest the hat like so you know to if you're gonna wear those pieces being aware of like where it came from i feel like is really important absolutely um thank you for reading out that little bit of history and for sharing with us all i think it's incredibly important to remember our roots so that so that we move in these spaces with with care for yeah sure there's a book that i've been reading and that i've been referencing frequently on my Instagram, I have been sharing excerpts and photos from it. It's called uh, Fetish, Fashion, Sex, and Power by Valerie Steele. And it's a very intriguing book. It covers all different types of materials um, used throughout, you know, uh, fetish wear and, and also implements and whatnot. Um, there are sections on, on wood, silk, lace, latex, and leather. And it delves into, um, in the leather section, it delves into the history of how leather kinks have come about. Um, and and um, it touched on that for sure. Uh, and I, I'm excited to see that. I'm excited to help like continue the history and the culture and not just leave it, you know, back back in the 60s to the 90s. I, I want to continue leather culture and um, 
make it still relevant and new and engaging for all of us today. How do we do that? How do we do that? How do we make, how do we make people, you know, say, say you with having a leather business, um, do you talk to people that buy your pieces? Do you talk about your pieces? Like, how do you kind of pass the story on, so to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I did touch on the the Humans of New York inspired um, collection, uh, anthology of people's experiences in leather. I'd love to make like a separate page for that. Um, but also, I think there are some stories that I'm excited to tell too about my leather harnesses and the designs and where they come from. And um, I, I, I always credit, I always reference, it's art for me is, it's, it's lauding all those who have influenced us and who have inspired us. And it's a conversation. It's not a solo act. Mm-hmm. To be a solo act would be to not acknowledge um, all those around us who are equally in these spaces, equally doing amazing work. Um, I love to tell the stories and inspirations of where my designs come from, often from um, perhaps a need, a functional need. Mm-hmm. Um, say, for instance, um, for Playground Kink, <laughs> a couple yeah. of weeks ago, um, I, I had gotten some beautiful new implements um, when I got this gorgeous like plum colored flogger from another local leather maker and uh, I always try to shout out other local creators when I can well not just local creators but other small time indie leather workers I always try to shout them out I um, yeah I got a beautiful flogger from Billy from Butch and Bear you can often find them at um, like the queer market or the flamingo market and I was thinking I'm gonna be like dancing and like hanging out at playground um and like how am i gonna hold this flogger i'm not gonna have some nice um little gump on a leash with me the entire time holding my flogger in the bathroom (laughs) or anything so um i decided that like um i'd love to make a belt a utility belt Uh, i've had this design in my head for a long 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 time called um like the switches utility belt in that it is functional as a bondage restraint belt but as well it's good for carrying all your tools my god everything that you need to make your night um oh my god that is like (laughs) specifically for this scenario you're painting like because you don't want to bring a big bag to an event you want to just like and you want to kind of be able to have spontaneous moments you know and you don't want to go back to bag check and pay to get it out and pay to put a bag in or like whatever it is or or worse yet carry a bag on the dance floor like no so Mm -mm. it just makes so 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 much sense to have everything Mm -hmm. on you like that I'm obsessed Mm -hmm. I love it I love it too so um, the name I ultimately gave to this um, this harness that I made for my flogger, uh, a flogger and a paddle um, that I just got from another local creator called Fet Style. Uh, he makes the most amazing implements, um, really, really special shapes. So I had a new flogger, I had a new paddle, uh, I only have two hands, and um, I, I, I need another hand for a drink, you know? <laughs> oh, that's it, that's it. <laughs> so um, I was inspired by... Um, uh, of course, of course, uh, Venus and Furs, the wonderful book. Mm. Um, and because I was thinking, I was looking at some photos of um, 
of like renditions of Wanda on, on a couch holding holding her whip in her sables. I was thinking of that and I was listening to the Velvet Underground um, and the phrase, some phrases, some song lyrics, they just, they come to me and they, and they sit with me and they just seem so right. So I called this entire set in love not given lightly. Um, and I hope to carry the spirit of these stories and in, in these backgrounds um, into the personalities of all these designs and harnesses that I make and, and send out into the world. Wow, I love that you're being inspired by like other non-fashion resources like like words and music and that's that's amazing. That I imagine that makes your pieces like just that extra edge of unique. <laughs> that edgy, edgy, edgy unique does. <laughs> yes, I'm the, I'm the edgy edge lord number one here. But also, also, <laughs> why do we do kink? Because it moves us. And what moves us? Art, music, creation. And yeah. it all comes together in this one package. Ugh, I love that so much. That's so cool. I'm obsessed and I can't wait to see this utility belt. Um, and then the fact, I mean, I'm a switch too. So, and then the fact that it's also a bondage belt. Amazing. Um, <laughs> so again, I'm going to go back to uh, something you mentioned a bit early in our conversation. It was you talking about uh, the ritual. It's more about just like the end product that you end up with. It's more about this beautiful harness that I end up with. Um, so how do you get there? Tell me a bit about this ritual, like, um, and why that part is so meaningful to you. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I've been speaking with other people about ritual craft as well. Um, about, about witchcraft, chaos magic, uh, sex magic, and all these different, like, beautiful practice that was, practices that we could do to imbue into our own lives intention and meaning mm -hmm. and of course ritual looks different for everybody um, it's very personal in that way but I think part of my leather ritual is I have always 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 started with with doing my best to honor the life of the animal and to to acknowledge the the work the labor that laborers put in into making these these materials and these pieces yeah because it takes an enormous amount of energy to make leather doesn't it it's quite the process yeah yeah, yeah. age-old traditions they've been around for so long leather has been with us since yeah. <laughs> since since the the dawn of of humankind yeah, yeah. um and so whenever i I order my leather or pick it up from the store and it comes home with me um, and I'm cradling when I'm when it's when it comes home with me when I'm coming back from perfect leather on King Street it's a big <laughs> roll of leather it's a big roll of leather and I feel like I'm cradling it like a baby <laughs> you're coming home with me you're mine now that's that's how I feel and You've adopted it. Yeah. <laughs> yes yes and I get it, I take the hideout and I spread it out on my table and I get to know it. I get to know how it moves, how it acts, how, how it folds and breathes under my hands. Mm -hmm. I get to know the little imperfections in it. Sometimes there are beautiful little brands and scars. They're not imperfections, it's character. Yeah. Like we have character. Like we have our own scars and marks and everything. Mm -hmm. 
and I like to give the leather hide a little bit of love sometimes um, maybe I wash I like I scrub it down maybe I buff it out some some mink oil some neat's foot oil some like conditioning things just to make it soft or supple some people I guess who buy clothing just in general but leather as well you know you're not necessarily as connected to like I imagine when you get a whole sheet right and it's a hide as you said right it's like it's just um it's so obvious that this came from somewhere like I'm holding a whole animal's skin right now like it's laid out in front of me on a crafting table you know what I mean so it's so that's just interesting that you as a leather maker like that's your experience you know um but I feel like yeah people that would purchase leather from here and there you know wouldn't necessarily look at the leather and associate it with like this is the whole hide of an animal so I think that's (laughs) you know that's such a different experience that you would have seeing even just the whole sheet of it like that Mm -hmm. it was once a body and now it's part of our bodies it's so close to our skin um i think it's wonderful to carry these stories with us and 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 not to shy away from it 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 the use of leather does discomfort some people um in that um a lot of us have strong animal cruelty stances for good reason for good reason and a lot of people um are questioning their 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 use their their consumption of animal products whether it be leather or or um in in food products and whatnot and i think it's totally fair to to want to question how we navigate our use of these of these materials and and this is strongly associated with this culture of disposability that is all around us in, in, in our current age. And I think what I'm getting at is that if we're more connected with the objects around us, if we are more literate in our, um, if, if we have more material literacy, mm-hmm. um, if we understand where things come from and how they're made, I think we can... Um, definitely respect these objects more and respect the land and, and its bounties a lot more. Mm-hmm. Just like responsible use of of leather, of the products. Yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Okay, great. So then what happens? What happens next? Crafting leather goods is, it's a long process and you work with your hands and I have this book called uh, Fetish Craft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's you can actually still find a few copies around, and they sell it as well at Come As You Are in Kensington Market. Mm-hmm. But in this book called Fetish Craft by John Huxley, there's a little section on on ritual craft as well, just at the very back, just at the very back. And you know, I had never really paid much attention to it um, <laughs> um, for a while. I was just looking at the patterns and hoping to see, oh, that's how I make a gimp mask. Oh, that's how I make a pair of bracers. Mm-hmm. Um, but this this chapter reminded me that oh there's there's a great honoring of ourselves that we could do and and to our partners and and um and to the communities who where this leather goes and has its own life um we can do that but also um a big part of my ritual craft of of this is uh one of my biggest inspirations is river 
um, River is a is a leather maker in the states. Uh, their Instagram handle is River Queer. And I have a couple of their things. <laughs> oh no, kidding! Oh my yeah. goodness, I am such a fan. Me too. <laughs> Me too. Big time. And one of my um, one of my most core principles in leather craft is the treatment the treatment of shirt not just the material itself but also the people our people when they're wearing their leather when they're wearing our leather it's you create a bit of a bond there you create a bit of a bond there Absolutely. and i learned this from river and so when i see people out and about you know in the scene or or you know across the globe wearing my leather i feel honored i feel so honored that thank you 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 chose to support me and thank you for wearing this piece with with pride and with fierceness and with joy yeah. and i think like inducing those emotions inducing these connections that um we, that we have i think that's how we get connected from me as the maker to everyone else out there podcast is sponsored by Come As You Are. Founded as a worker-owned cooperative, Come As You Are has a fundamentally anti-capitalist and feminist approach to sexual pleasure, health, and education. Come As You Are doesn't profit from your pleasure and only stocks products that they truly love and believe in. Come As You Are has been voted best sex shop in Toronto since 1997. Check them out at comeasyouare.com or 254 Augusta Avenue in Toronto's own Kensington Market. We are also sponsored by Club M4 Toronto. Club M4 is the largest sexually charged lifestyle club in the GTA. And now you can go to their website, www.clubm4.com, but one of my favorite things to do is to go to their Instagram events page and see what they've got going on. Scrolling through here, threesome Fridays, sexy plus size play party, buy pleasure party, if anything looks interesting and you want to check it out, head on down to Club M4 at 1989 Dundas Street, Mississauga. Something you said reminded me of like a little ritual that I do. Um, at the beginning of most of my professional sessions, um, you mentioned like intentionality of kink, intentionality of leather pieces. And... Um, I liked how you were like, you know, you can endow any leather piece with intentionality, right? Because the one that I do, again, every time I do a session, basically, is a collar, a leather collar, right? Mm. And I think that's one that we're all familiar that we have some sort of intention put into it, usually, right? You can also just wear it as a piece of jewelry, and that's fine, too. But um, a lot of people, you know, use it either as a piece of, like, commitment jewelry or um, use it as a play collar or use it as, um, you know, in that context, it can be a symbol of um, either your bond or just setting an intention into this collar. You know, I have an hour or a two hour session with somebody and I'm like, you know, what are our intentions for this scene? 
and um, we talk about those in negotiation but then right at the beginning of the scene you know I have them kneel and we do like a mini collaring ceremony kind of Mm. where I talk about the intentions that I am just to like recap it and it's like every time you hear that little o-ring jingle you know or you're feeling (laughs) that skin against your neck um, that skin against skin and you're noticing its confines perhaps or how soft it is or whatever that it's reminding you of this intention so then I put an intention into it and then I ask them if they have an intention they'd like to put into it um, and to carry that into the session and that we accompany it with like some grounding work like maybe eye gazing or sinking of breathing or maybe a body scan or a visualization of some sort but it's all kind of in this like little mini collaring ceremony where we're doing exactly that we're putting intention into this piece of leather for the next hour or whatever it looks like those are some beautiful ritualistic practices Thanks, thanks. But I, I'm so inspired by what you said of like, you can do that with any leather piece, though, can't you? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you're like going to wear a fun chest harness, you know, as a part of your outfit, and you're going out to playground, you know, <laughs> you can set an intention into the leather. Mm-hmm. You can set an intention into what what your night intention is, your evening's intention is. Absolutely. And that's a really there. cool concept. There's one harness that I'd like to share um, Please. Um, ab- about intention and about the inspiration and the roots of that harness. And I wrote about it recently, and it's called, um, this chest harness is called um, uh, The Night Is Not The End. Mm-hmm. And it comes from a song um, by Trees of Eternity, which is a band. And a lot of their music has themes about about not letting the darkness overcome you, not giving in to that. There's hope. And I listened to a lot of this music while I was in some of my most darkest times. And this is my way of honoring that, of paying homage to that, of giving thanks. And, and this is my way of showing gratitude is when I name my harness after, after these bands and their songs, and um, when I seek inspiration from them, that soul is imbued the, into that harness. And so when I put on that harness and I go to their shows, that's my way of saying thank you for drawing me out of that darkness. So that's one other way that we can we can use our leather. Yeah, I like how you 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 know imbued it with hope. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, and wearing that can be a reminder of like. I got through that dark time and I'm going to have more dark times and I'm going to get through them too. Yes. It's my armor, my strength. Again. Yeah. Yeah. That's another like, yeah. Using that kind of that specific intention of like armor. That's like emotional armor. Cause I think another thing we can do like with a piece we've had for a long time, like your story you just told, it can feel nostalgic in some way, right? Like we can remember where we got it or who gave it to us or you know the night what the night looked like Mm -hmm. that we received it you know was it a celebration of some sort or was it um, some sort of special present in some way Um, and wearing that you know makes you think of that person or that experience or that day even that you bought for yourself you know Mm -hmm. say this was like you were going to treat yourself on this day you know 
and you went out and got yourself a special fetish piece, (laughs) you know, maybe that, you know, just that act. And every time you wear it, you know, you know where you got it from. You went and went out and bought this for yourself. You know, maybe it was your first leather piece you went out and bought yourself, you know, or maybe it was symbolic. Yeah, it can be, you know, even if you're not actively imbuing it with an intention like we were talking about. It's like that other thing happens of like, it just carries the nostalgia and the memory of like how you acquired it, which can make those pieces feel really special as well. Will you will you tell us about one story that you have in in one any particular leather uh, piece that you own? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I have this... um, chest harness it's a bulldog harness and it's they're quite thin so it's quite um it's quite a delicate piece and it's unique um because it's it's a kind of i want to say cornflower blue but it's a bit more muted than that um and i went to a, a craft a kinky crafts fair i believe it was at m4 um, mm-hmm. And it was uh, Debbie from Unicorn Collaborators. <laughs> oh, I know Debbie. She's <laughs> yeah. wonderful. I always stop by at Come As You Are and look at her stuff. And we met at the Erotic Arts and Crafts Fair earlier this year. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, I'm. I love Deb. I've had. She's made custom pieces for me in the past, and uh, like since that piece. But that was my first piece that like, um, she gave it to me. She was like. Um, you know, she was like, oh, yeah, come by the fair, have a look. And I was like, great. And um, and she tried a few on and she's like, I have this one that I think is perfect for you. And there's this blue um, harness that was specifically quite petite. Right. Um, and she specifically had in mind. So we tried on a few and then she gave me this one. She's like, this one, I think, is really going to be the hit and tried it on me. And it fits so perfectly. It was really petite and really delicate. And um it was one of my very first harnesses, um, definitely my first chest harness, and it just felt really, really special. And what's kind of special about it is the fit of it. It's so petite. Is like, mm. you know, sometimes you share pieces with friends and stuff like this, but like <laughs> no one else can fit in this. No one else fits in this harness like I do. So even though it wasn't a custom piece, she had it very specifically set aside in mind for me, and that felt really special. Um and she's just, just for a, you just for me yeah and it felt very special so anytime I see that I think of Deb and I think um of how generous she is and yeah it's kind of like again that kind of milestone thing too like that was the first of many you know leather pieces to come and like that was just kind of cool I was I was just kind of branching into this part of my life um and that kind of signifies that which is really mm-hmm. awesome. And it signifies like the generosity of our community, you know, mm-hmm. of our queer, of our kinky, of our leather community, like, mm-hmm. um, and our, you know, um, I was doing a lot of work with a lot of independent sex toy creators and kind of kinky creators and stuff like that. So I was like trying to lift people up, give them a lot of exposure at the same time. Yes. And she was giving it right back. She gave it right back, um, for helping her out. And, uh, I thought that was so beautiful. Absolutely. And this all feels so much more special when you get your leather from someone that you know. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like local crafters. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody that you go and see and support versus just buying it on, yeah, Amazon or something, right? <laughs> <laughs> we shall not speak of, of, of the A word. <laughs> yeah, that sh- which shall not be named. But um, I'm sure, do you have stories as well where you've found these really connective moments with clients of yours? There's There's been a few harnesses that have been that have felt really special to to me and the client especially when it's when they want something that's gender affirming for them and they put that on and then all the dysphoria goes away (laughs) as they've told me and they feel they feel like themselves in that harness and every time they want that they every time they need just a little reminder they can just remember they have this beautiful harness that makes them feel that way and that makes me really really glad that makes me happy that I can help someone in their journey in that way that's so important um something else that I feel like probably um is unique about your pieces and I'm sure it's related to this process that you were talking about is that your your pieces are very detailed like they're not I'm sure you maybe do have some basic pieces but to me, what reads as special about slow burn leather, oh, and that just struck me, slow burn. <laughs> to me, that's like, because I feel like how detailed your pieces are, that must come from this process of slowness, right? Of like, you're not trying to pump them out, you're spending time yeah, making oh, these absolutely. pieces, right? This is slow fashion. This is yes. meant to measure. Yeah, slow fashion. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But also slow burn comes from um, a simmering romance. <laughs> so yeah. a romance between you between you and the leather. And, you know, we're not, we're not here just to get that quick fix. This is something that you're going to love for a long time and that you're going to love in for a long time. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> Your connection with the leather is erotic, and hopefully yeah. you have some erotic experiences wearing the leather too. <laughs> oh, with someone that's else. the yeah. hope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like, you're are are. Am I wrong in saying your pieces are like extremely detailed? They seem they are. They seem it. It right? makes it makes my heart sing with joy. The more complicated and intricate they are, because then it's like. Then it's like all these crisscrossing of straps and all the layers and all the hardware. I think. I think that makes you feel really powerful in a way when you put it on. In 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 the words of this other um, local Toronto designer, um, she does clothing. Mm-hmm. Anna from from Nuit Clothing Atelier. She gave an interview where she said that introverts speak with their clothes. They get to put on this piece of clothing that tells everyone what they need to know about them, and. Wow. I think these harnesses, they can reflect who you are, how you feel on the inside, what aspects, what aspects and multitudes of yourself that you want to express and embody. And I think that when I have these intricate pieces, the way that the straps layer or where they hug and where they pull, um, and what they cup and what they support or, and what they cover, I think that's how you can tell some beautiful stories about yourself. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) you got me looking at your Instagram now. I'm like, 
this red set there's like oh my fucking god last race of the evening sun body harness yeah god scarlet embrace oh yes poetry this top is oh my god like (laughs) you're right it's like the crisscrossing the it's so visually satisfying it's like it's it goes into like optical illusion territory like just (laughs) looking at it and like trying to figure it out it's like wow so what do you do how do you make stuff like that do you draw it out first or do you like just kind of get it on the form and start playing like start kind of draping or what's that process it's a bit of both actually okay i i always start somewhere i always start with the paper it's uh it's much easier to and and cheaper to prototype on paper (laughs) than it is on leather um but (laughs) once i have an idea of what i want to bring out I, i start piecing it together and sometimes um, the way I construct my leather samples, um, the pieces that are just meant for sizing or just to check the design and style, and they're not meant for, for sale, I often use um, what are called Chicago screws, which are, um, rather than using rivets, which you have to press into each other, and it's pretty much like a permanent bond, um, with Chicago screws, you can just unscrew the, the post, the back, and then you can take apart the leather. So it's not permanent. So I like to do that um, when I'm testing things out. Um, but yeah, sometimes I'll, I'll test things on my dress forms. I have like, I have like a small femme mannequin and then I also have a larger mask dress form. So I, I build designs right on them. Sometimes I use like pins and tape just to like drape and lay out all the straps and see how it's gonna fit. Um, and there's also, it's an iterative process. Sometimes it just doesn't fit quite, quite right. So you have to uh, take some pieces apart and try it again. Um, but something that I would really like to do um, to help speed up this process and just to um, make more designs is to do like 3D modeling using software. Um, I think that'd be really great. Yeah, cool. I should learn that skill. <laughs> yeah, I imagine because, you know, as we said, leather it's not expensive it's 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 expensive it's not cheap is what i meant to say oh, yeah um so yeah you can't like prototype and like some of these fancy even these fancy colors like color is the other thing that strikes me um so intricacy um if you're looking for any branding uh <laughs> if you're doing a branding <laughs> consult with me right now intricacy <laughs> <laughs> one <laughs> color a unique color like you have this turk this turquoise you have this like kind of a dusty rose like these are unique colors for leather i love these colors they're they're fantastic. I know black is the classic color, yeah. and I'm often asked for um, red as well. But these, like especially the turquoise, it's so punchy, and it can go with so many different things. It's such the, a cool the turquoise pop of has, color. Mm-hmm. I need to get more of that. I, I've actually run out, but on my next order, um, we're doing more turquoise, so it's coming. It's coming back. And pink. <laughs> so many requests for pink, even before the Barbie movie came out. Oh my goodness. Oh, I imagine Barbie now, you're just, yeah, flooded with 
<laughs> pink, 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 pink. When pink? Yes. When pink? How pink? What pink? Yeah. <laughs> the other thing is like the um, the hardware um, is really unique. That gives it that kind of hard hard edge. Like the way you do like like a d-ring i guess and layered tons of d-rings in a row just gives it this like i love like a hard edge to something i think it's um it's fashionable and it's functional my the inspiration for using like the rows and the multitudes of d-rings it comes from um creepy yeeha and busted brand oh i creepy yeeha hell yeah um, you had taught me so much about embracing my my heritage, embracing my body, and and seeing myself as beautiful. She taught me so much, and I am ever so thankful for that. I wouldn't be who I am today without that. Um, so the the D rings um, they have an aesthetic function that uh, in that way, but they're also functional because they help to, um, manage the length. It helps make the pieces more adjustable. So as your body fluctuates, uh, as you want to wear it over or under clothes, um, it helps make the fit of the harness better. That's such a good point. That's always the thing, right? If you like got the long strap there and then it's flopping and then you kind of loop it, you try to loop, do the loopy doop. That always doesn't work. So like to have, and as you said, that's so important. It's, it's like, um, you know, you buy a piece in a size, right? And then your body fluctuates. Or like you said, you're wearing it with layers versus just like right flat against your skin. So like, I love that you've you've got the thought there of like, it looks real cool aesthetically, but also like it helps you doing, it helps you <laughs> with the extra strap that's going to be there. I've definitely, I've got lots of pieces that has the longest fucking straps, <laughs> like, and I hate I hate to tell um, I would never tell this to the creator of the piece, but sometimes I just cut them uh, <laughs> <laughs> like with scissors. Like <laughs> I, I, I can just give you a little leather strap that you can just pin on, and then you know I'll, I'll just give you a little keeper. Please, please don't cut the tails. Oh I my know, goodness. I know, right? I have done it out of frustration once. What? It's like it's like declawing a cat. I oh, confess. You. I confess. <laughs> You had to be there. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, all sins are forgiven here. (laughs) I will strike this from the record. Yeah, yeah, I'll edit it out, don't worry. Uh, (laughs) I'm joking, I'm joking, no, don't do that. (laughs) Everyone has to know what you did to the leather. I'm kidding, everybody that listens to this podcast knows I don't edit shit. Um... (laughs) (laughs) Unfiltered. You you get what you get and you don't get upset, folks. Um... Can you tell me about, like, what are your most popular pieces? Because I'm just, I'm more, like, interested in the why of people are drawn to certain items. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, what are some of your most popular items to sell? Um, definitely the, the classic pieces. Okay. Um, Classic, uh, collars, like the O-ring collar. Um, it's simple, it's versatile, it can be really subtle, 
I find that a lot of people who are buying my leather are um, folks who are just uh, just trying it out for the first time, and they're not really sure um, how they're going to like it, when they're going to wear it, but they still want to try it. So people really like to start with the simple things like that. And um, there's also some chest braces as well um, that are classics, um, like the Letha chest braces. It's like the belt with like the suspender straps that go down the front, and then you can crisscross them. That one's really good. But also um, one that was has been really popular, I call it the Horus Hybrid Reversible Chest Harness. This one, it looks like bulldog, um, like a bulldog harness in the front. Um, and on the back, it's like a like an X. It has an O-ring and it has the straps going out. So it's a reversible design. People have been really enjoying um, pieces that are that are versatile, as versed as they are. So, um, so that one's been really popular as well. People have also been interested in the more intricate ones, but uh, understandably, they're a little bit more shy about that one. Um, but but when I was at uh, when I was vending at Impulse Wasteland about a month ago, people were really, really intrigued by the Infernal Offering Body Harness because that one was like full body. It's like chest, waist. It goes around, like there are garters that go around the legs. There's like a really saucy strap that like hugs like around the crotch. Like people were really into that one. So I'm excited to see how I can um, bring that, bring that more, um, see what I can do with custom orders of that one. Yeah, I understand how like some of the uh, more simpler pieces it's for because it's more accessible, I guess, Mm -hmm. like both in price point, I I imagine. And then also that thing of like, yeah, people, kinky, curious people like that. It's so I, I, I learned this, I guess, running the munches. It's like every time, like half the room are people that are at their first munch. You know what I mean? It's just like such a huge market. People who are just starting out Mm -hmm. right and it's always it's like a revolving door of like just so many new people new people new people Mm -hmm. so yeah that makes sense why people would be like getting a collar like a fairly basic collar or whatever but I'm really happy to hear that people are like also super interested in your like unique custom intricate stuff too Mm because I feel like that's so strongly your brand oh it's 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 what gives me life (laughs) yeah yeah are you working on anything right now that you want to talk about Oh, yes, 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 yes. There is a custom that I'm working on currently that is um, really, really exciting to me. Um, one of the first custom pieces that I ever did um, with slow burn leather was an equestrian horse bridle with horse ears and blinkers um, or, or blinders and a horse bit. And it goes around the head and, um, and there's a cute little face harness on it as well. Um, I, I'm a I'm a pony gal. I, I love ponies. <laughs> You're a horse girl. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not many of us, but we're here. You were I here. I love it. I love it. And um, yeah, the client requested um, a unicorn version uh, that is colored with pastel rainbow gradients. Um, and this has been really exciting to me. Um, doing the painting. Um, uh, I, I'm painting all of these colors on because it's. It's really hard to find pre-made uh, rainbow pastel leather out there, so um, <laughs> I'm really enjoying the process of um, customizing all the shapes, all the panel for the client, getting their approval on it, um, and, and constructing and engineering these little structures, the horn, the unicorn horn. 
I, I really relish the challenge. Um, so this is something that I'm hoping to be putting out in the next couple of weeks. They're going to be taking it to um, to to a competition. Hopefully, they win. Um, uh, you know, World Pet 2023. Um, uh, wishing you luck. <laughs> oh my so, God! Yes. Yeah. That's so special. Mm-hmm. So okay, this is interesting. So pony play. Um, did you I, I this is something that uh, is kind of interesting to me I have a friend who's a pro dom and she used to break horses like she's a horse girl she comes from like farming and um, owning horses and a hor- big horse rider and then coming into that that obviously informs her relationship with leather and with things like horse bits and things like a leather crop um and stuff like that. So I'm interested, like, so do you have like a horsey background or is it just the pony play elements that you're into? <laughs> well, growing up in, you know, in the inner city, uh, you know, ch- children of um, of immigrant parents, we, we can't exactly have a horse, but um, <laughs> I, I had always admired horses and I've had the wonderful opportunity to go to some horseback riding camps, um, take a few lessons. You know, my parents worked hard to give those to me. So this all comes from a very real appreciation of of horses, um, completely removed from the kinky side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just the discipline and the training and and, and the care for these beautiful animals. Um, yeah, it's where it comes from. That's so cool. Like the person that ordered from you, um, obviously we're keeping it very anonymous, but like, were they aware of your love of pony play, like, and how this would be a deeply personal item for you to make for them? Hmm. I mean, I kind of put it front and center right on my profile. Right. Hey, it's me. It's me in ears. My, my profile picture is the horse ears. <laughs> yeah, true, I think true. I'm not shy about my kinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's funny. You wear, wear them on your shoulder. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's funny. I actually had a foot guy. Um, I don't get many foot requests. Um, like here and there, yes. But like true foot guys where they want the whole session just feet and they don't want anything else um is kind of rare for me professionally so I had a foot person the other night and he's like well I wasn't sure you're into it because you don't post your feet anywhere like on your socials and I was like well not for free I mean (laughs) and he's like yeah but that made me think you weren't super into it so that might be why you're not you know getting them and I'm like okay all right, I see that. I see you, but I'm also not putting my feet on the main feed. <laughs> but maybe I'll put some little tweets about it where I talk about it. <laughs> yeah. No free feet. No, that's a rule. I mean, maybe once in a while you can be a little, you can be generous if your heart feels like it. But yes, no, no, exactly. no, 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 <laughs> no. Not consistently, certainly not. Because um, guess what? Then no feet will actually book. No feet guys will actually book me because the, that free feet is there. But, um, but yeah, I'm okay. I'm, I'm obsessed and caught on, on this bra top you made. Ooh, this, um, you have a fit test on your Insta. Oh yes. It's the black one with the horizontal stripes. Ooh, Ooh, I love that one. That one is inspired by, um, so besides leather, my other love is lingerie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, this is a lingerie piece. Mm-hmm. It's Ooh, from Bordel. It's... Uh, it's inspired by Bordel, my one of my favorite brands of all time. And um, I love I love studying Bordel's works because our brands both come from a place of wanting to 
innovate with these materials, whether it be with elastic straps or with leather, and, and to create like architecturally like stunning pieces with them. That's what the original um, spirit of Bordel is. And, and I've tried to honor that here by um, uh, very obviously paying homage to it and not, not being shy. I'm not saying, oh, this is my design, but I wanted to do that because it's, it's oh. one of my favorite bras of all time. I have it in black. I want it in red. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know what? I'm going to make it in leather. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's so cool. So impressive. And even just looking like through your feed of like looking at all the all the cool tools you use and stuff like that. Like this is really such an art what you do. It's such a craft. Thank you. I can't wait to bring more of it out. <laughs> There's some beautiful things in works for the spooky season coming up. Can you let <laughs> us know, you know, where people can see you vending and, and buy your things? Yeah, um, I have applied for a few places um, to vend at in the GTA soon. Um, I'm really hoping to be a vendor at the, the ever classic Bazaar of the Bazaar. Um, and that one is going to be happening on October 26th, just right before Halloween. It's going to be a huge one. Um, so I hope to be vending there. And perhaps Ghostwood Market in in September as well. And as well, I'm going to be trying to popping. I'm going to try to pop up at like the Flamingo Market, the Queer Market, um, maybe the Kinky Marketplace at, at M4. Um, and, and as well, mm-hmm. uh, I'm really excited about this. Uh, Jack from Come As You Are and I are in the talks of um, stocking some slow burn leather at Come As You Are. Hell um, yeah. So expect to see hopefully some uh, lots of different collars. Yes, the O-ring collar, but also like fashionable ones. Um, I'm really excited. There's going to be some like really stylish collars on there, like the Echoes of the Labyrinth. That one is completely like studded with hardware. It it looks so good, and there will be like horse bit stuff there as well too. Oh my God! Well, you know me. I love come as you are, so I'm very excited about that. That's so amazing. Um, and where can we um, find like your socials and your website and whatnot to purchase from you virtually? Mm-hmm. I am most active on Instagram. You can follow my feed and my stories there for uh, shenanigans and inspiration. My Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> my my Instagram is called Slow Burn Leather, no spaces, and my website is slowburnleather.com. And in the coming weeks, it should be um, open for some orders, customs, and uh, ready ready to, to ship as well. Oh, hey, okay, your customs are open, so... Soon, soon. Yeah, so pay attention, people, because it's not always like that, so take, you know, take advantage of the opportunity. Um, Don't miss out. Do not miss it, that drop, baby. Um, So, okay, we're nearing the end of the hour, so I will also give my uh, socials. If you don't know where to follow me by now, I'm at the Lady Pim one on Twitter. That's for sure where I'm the most active, but if you must, go on over to Instagram. I'm at the Lady Pim or at the Bedpost Podcast. Our Patreon, folks, lots of fun stuff on our Patreon. It's the Bedpost Show. We have the YouTube channel up there as well. It's also the Bedpost Show. And I'm on TikTok for some reason, at the Lady Pim. <laughs> I never 
like to go an episode without thanking the lovely lady who does the, all the original music for the podcast. As she is Stephanie Copeland. You can find out more about her, stephcopelandmusic.com. Uh, Virginia, this has been such a pleasure. You are such a fabulous artist. I do hope every listener goes on over your socials and checks you out, gives you a follow, maybe even orders a little custom piece from you. Thank you for having me, the Lydia Pim. Oh my God, I'm so I'm so happy too. I hope you enjoyed this out with this one, everyone who's listening. And we will see you next week with another fun and sexy guest here on the Bedpost Podcast. Talk about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked, everybody. Goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.